right, my talkers, we made it to the most productive day of the week, as Lori likes to say it. It's Tuesday, it's sunny, it's hot outside, and Lori and Julia are here to take in the rest of your afternoon and make it a bit more fun. Right, guys? Well, that's yes. right. Julia, let's hear a sound check from you. You were very hazy in your... Well, I feel like I hear an... I do hear an echo. I know what it is. I'll fix it right now. Okay, Grant, okay. Grant will fix that, and I'm going to update you. everyone on just a couple of exciting Minnesota things that are happening. Um, yes, good. So, um, Chris Hewitt is on a roll today. First of all, he let us know that um, and ba, or, uh, John Bream is in Tulsa, and he's got a story that's uh, online right now in the Star Tribune, but, you know, the Dillon Museum op- opened in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yes, and so John Breen, there's a lot of people. It's like, I guess this is like a pretty cool, this Bob Dylan Center. And then Chris Hewitt let us know that the glorious Bob Dylan-inspired musical, Girl from North Country, will launch its national tour fall of 2023. Um, I don't know if it's the Orpheum or the State, but it'll be in Minneapolis. So he loved that show, and it got nominated for seven tony awards this year i believe isn't that something yeah wow. so girl from north country and then also yes. letting us know that james the actor james hung he is like 93 years old he's he was born the son of chinese immigrants in minneapolis minneapolis before his family moved back to um hong kong when he was five but he began performing on stage here in minnesota in junior high and high school then he went to the University of Minnesota, and there has been this concerted effort to get him a star on the Walk of Fame. Because if you were to see a photo of James Hong, you're like, oh, that guy. People still yell out at him. Seinfeld 4, in the famous Seinfeld episode in which Hong plays the maitre d' at a restaurant, who continues to tell the table, the group, your table will be ready in five minutes. He yes. also was the evil bad guy in Big Trouble in Little China. He's been in, every, you know, like most recently, everything, everywhere, all at once. He's in Charm. That's supposed to be the best movie, So good. By the way. So anyway, the film's director, you know, people have been, Neil uh, Justin has written about it. He's finally getting his Hollywood uh, Walk of Star fame because he's been in the business for 60 years. Years and Jamie Lee Curtis. It's about bleeping time we're here honoring James Hong with a star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame. So that's awesome. Pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It only took him sixty years to get it. Well, there you go. There you go. And I wonder he, if they're going to ever give on the Kardashians reality TV stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. We don't care. <laughs> okay. We absolutely do not care about that at all. They could buy Hollywood Boulevard as far as I'm... I know uh, they could, right? So, yeah, no, they're still trying to give it to people who, you know, ha- are actors and all that kind of stuff. So it it's a long time, but um, people are really excited about that. People are excited about the Bob Dylan Center opening in Tulsa. There's over 750,000 items. Um, wow. Yeah, I know it. And the, so Lots the grand opening was today. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, very I know. Very cool. And um if anyone's yes. looking to buy a bookstore, Chapter 2 Books is for sale. That's another thing I know about. Yeah. If you want to get a cute okay. bookstore in Hudson, Minnesota, Chapter 2 is Chapter 2 is selling their bookstore and we've got a nice warm day and Julia, you know I what? You'll be back in the studio tomorrow. Oh gosh! I mean, 
Not much left to do in this house. Yeah, did you get a lot done? I really did. Today I started with the sweaters and um, taking out all that stuff. But yeah, I've gotten a lot done. That's kind of I'm, I'm, nice. I'm, I'm ready. Everyone and their mother has COVID, though. Kelly Ripa has it. Stephen Colbert has it again. I mean, it's Stephen like... Stephen Colbert it's- got it again from uh, John Baptiste, who was at what they're calling the Med Ball last Monday. Oh, okay. Because so many people have gotten sick. But Everyone's, I guess, yeah. you know, if it's you're just, boosted and vaccinated... Yeah. I mean, you it's and I both had it right now. Yeah. You, you don't, you're not really that sick. No, I know. But which is great. It's, it's, yeah, you gotta, it's very spreadable though. So, yeah, it is. You know, okay. So, um, you know how I love my everything zodiac. And, oh, yes. um, tell us something good today. Okay. Well, you know, when I say the word bleeping, I really mean something else. I so, do. The bleepin' Zodiac signs, we're going to group them together. They're either the Bleep It Squad, the Bleep Me Squad, the Bleep You Squad, or the Bleep Everything Squad. Okay. Okay, so the the uh, Zodiac signs that just say Bleep It are Taurus, Sagittarius, and Capricorns. The Bleep Me Squad are Pisces, Libra, and Scorpio. The bleep you squad are Aries, Leos, and Aquarius, and the bleep everything squad, Julia, Cancer, Virgo, and Gemini. I just thought that was funny. Yeah, the bleep everything, Cancer, Virgo, and Gemini, that's both Lori and I, and then uh, the bleep me squad grants on. That's right. That's funny. As a Libra. That's Mm -hmm. funny. Pisces, Libra, and Scorpios. That's That's me, totally. The bleep everything. You know, you kind of feel like the bleep everything. I think that that kind of fits. It does. Yeah, for you guys, for sure. <laughs> I think that fits. All. Oh, my gosh. Who said Instagram isn't good for stuff? Hey, yeah, I know. You know? I know. There's anyway. a lot to buy on it these days. Mm. So, um, Julia, yes. did you um, make any headway reading any great books or anything? Or have oh. you just been doing projects? No, I finished. Okay, here's what I finished. I well, I know we're going to talk about um, Chris Bohelian's new book, mm-hmm. but I just finished um, uh, the Personal Librarian. That Ooh. was excellent. Was it? And I, oh yeah, it's fascinating history about um, the African American woman who was um, John um, J P Morgan's personal assistant and was one of the most esteemed women in the turn of the century um, to get all the books for the the library, the Piedmont Library in New York City. It's just fascinating. Oh, good. And she lived a dual life, and it was it's pretty interesting. Okay. It's, based, did you, it's historical fiction. I loved it. Did you read it or listen to it? I listened to it. Now I'm listening to the last thing he told me. Why does that book sound familiar? Because it's everywhere. You've seen the cover. If you look on StreamYard right now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the second one in. Yeah. I've read Gunkel. I've, I've read a lot, Lori, but I also, um, you know, I'm reading that one by Jennifer Weiner. Oh, Summer Place. Isn't that good? Yes, very. And she's coming on in a week or so or two weeks or something. Little ways out. But yeah. I, I think I'm, she, like that book, I don't know. I feel like a lot of upcoming books, I know with Chris Bohalian, Kurt Johnson's book, The Baron, Jennifer Weiner. Yes. A lot of people wrote books in 2020 and 2021 that 
I don't know. They're just some of the best books we're, we've we've read in a long time are coming out of this time of hunkering down and everything. And they all those authors talk about it at the end of their books about um, just something about about how much time they had, the time they had and how it just gave them time to reflect and think. And I don't know. There's just some very powerful, um, I guess, uh, books that are coming out of that. There's in the personal librarian was written during that period as well. And she talks about how COVID was um, such a big, played such a big part of, you know, writing that book and the extra time she had because she co-authored it with a, a black lady. And okay. um, the editor set her editor set her up with this woman, how they became friends. That's a fascinating, Lori, you love that. I book. would love you that would book. Love yeah. it. You would our, love it. We our, didn't get it on our show, but you would love it. Oh, I just finished Run, Rose, Run. Oh. The Dolly Parton, James Patterson. Oh. And? And Dolly Parton sings her song. Oh, God, at the end Blue of the book? jeans. Oh, she Traded da- jeans. Faded. Whatever. <laughs> it's actually pretty good. It was hard sometimes to listen to Dolly because she does a little bit of her part. Yeah. And um, when I got used to it, though, there was three different voices on it, but I liked it. Okay. It was fun. So All right, I good. All right, listen. With my nose in a book. I know. Um, when we come back, it's our story we can't get enough of. Thanks for hanging out with us on this Tuesday. Well, we try not to take it personally when authors um, uh, are not able to be with us and they've been with us for like six or seven previous books. But that is the case with uh, the story that came out today, the book birthday, The Lioness by Chris Bohalian. And wouldn't you say, Julia, we've talked to him five or six times, different books? Different books. The last one, I think, was The Red Lotus. No, the witching might have been the witching oh. hour. Oh yeah, okay. That came. Yeah, up. I was very offended here. Yeah, I because, know. And you know what? Because, here's the thing that we're finding out is that these authors who um, haven't been able to go out on book tour are getting yes. back out on book tour, and they're getting in front of their readers. And you know, so Chris Bohalian, his book came out today. It's called The Lioness, and. We've probably, like I said, I mean, he wrote The Flight Attendant, The Witching Hour, Red Lotus. Um, I think the first time we ever had him on was for The Flight Attendant. Which I, be- you're right, Lori. Becomes the HBO Max uh, books. And, you know, we which fought- I'm loving. The Flight Attendant. I haven't yes. gone back to it yet, but I will. Oh, it's so good. Um, but The Lioness, um, I think, is his best book of his 20 that he's written. Well, Lori, and I think for you personally, because it takes place on a safari in Tanzania, you had such a personal connection because you went there on a yeah, safari. But, but I, I really enjoyed it. Um, you loved it, though. I, I, I loved it, it. I I give it a four and a half out of five. Oh God, you're 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 very um, chintzy with your um, reviews. It's five stars. out of five stars for me. But here's the setup of the book. Um, yes. You know what the last book we had him on for was The Hour of the Witch. Oh. That, that was last last fall. Oh. But he's a very, Chris is, how he goes back and forth and weaves his story. But it, this is basically a story of fame, race, love, and death set in um, what what is known as Tanganyika in 1964, which is going to become Tanzania. There's a... The Cold War is hot. Many newly independent uh, African nations are in turmoil. And there's this movie star, Katie Barstow, 
and her new husband decide on the on a honeymoon in the Serengeti and they invite seven family members and friends along. What could go wrong? And our heroine, Katie Barstow, she's like a poor little rich girl overcomes his childhood, become the successful Hollywood actress beloved by her fans and all who know her. But the book starts out basically saying, I'm alive to write this, but not all of us made it out of this journey alive. And that's like, that's the first page. And um, he gives all these backstories and it's so tantalizing and such a page turner. I would say of my, uh, you know, I probably read maybe 20 books when I was in Hawaii in the month of March. And um, oh I know. Yeah. Um, and you were there 21 days. No, I was there a month. <laughs> I know, but that is just unbelievable yeah. for most people. But The Lioness by Kurt, Chris Bohalian and The Barons by Kurt Johnson were by far, and Jennifer Weiner, Weiner's book, Summer House, yep. were my f- favorite books because... Each of them being just such a complete page turner, you just want to keep reading and reading and reading. And I don't see how the lioness, I'll be shocked if Callie Cuoco hasn't optioned it already. Right. She could play Katie Barstow. It could be a limited series. Uh, that's how I see it. Being Laura, a- you're right. It's a page turner. It's a thriller. You don't know what is going on. I did not figure it out. You're right. No, it's a thriller, but the, all the great backstories in the in this nineteen sixty four setting of Hollywood and everything, and it, and Tanzania or Tanzanitsa or whatever you call it, Tanzania. I think Tanzanica. it used to be called. I like it, Tanzanitsa. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 delicious, and he is so descriptive in how he writes. I was scared. Yeah, I was intrigued. I felt the old glamour of Hollywood yeah. back when they could really massage the story to be whatever the heck they wanted it to be and how good they were. Mm-hmm. I kind of hate that we've peeled back the sausage casing and kind of know yeah. how it's made now. Yeah. kind of like the anonymity of just believing little things that they printed and that's all the access you had. And, you know, Chris, uh, in in writing the line, is he does like reference confidential and photo yes. play which were the yes. the hollywood magazines of the 50s and 60s and um so he's really good at setting the story and also you know describing the beauty of the serengeti and um it it did maybe strike an extra chord with me i guess because having been to the serengeti going with my dad you know kind of Basically, the trip of a lifetime um, for both of us. Um, yeah. I talked to my dad's wife the other day, and she's like, "You know, your your trip to the Tanzania was your dad's favorite trip of all the trips he's taken." And I Isn't said to her, "I go, you can't compete with the animals. Seeing oh, the animals in their world is incredible. To see right. a giraffe stopping and getting a drink of water, something that's very dangerous for a giraffe. To see." Uh, you know, herd of elephants with the babies hanging on to the mother's tails, you know, to see lions doing it, to see hippos laying like stones, you know, in a, in a river. I mean, it is like, I guess his book, The Lioness, if you're not getting to the Serengeti anytime soon, he's such a vivid 
storyteller. You really do. Yeah. And you also, it juxtapositions the beauty with the danger mm-hmm. of going to the bathroom at night. I mean, you would describe the baggies and the tent and everything when you came back, but it's just... It's right on the edge. Yeah, you cannot you know, leave. paradise in yeah. danger. Yeah, you cannot leave your tent after it gets dark because mm-hmm. an animal will mistake you for an antelope or something Another else. Another animal. Another animal. <laughs> so, yeah, hold your water, Sybil, or travel with mm-hmm. a, a court bag is what a, 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 a person who listens to our show had told me. To bring and um, you know in a couple we don't have any extra books to give away. We don't. We don't because Chris is on tour. He I know it. They had to turn down our interview, but it is our. It's a book club pick for sure. For sure, highly recommend. All right. Well, for the first time since 1963, we're just stuck in the 60s here, Joya. Something. Something happened that's only happened two other times before, and that's all we're going to say. Right. All right, we'll be I'm right back. I'm curious what it is. I know it. <laughs> it's, uh, that's not a lot for that many years. It's yeah. interesting. Good tease there. Let's Julia, get out your royal bugle. Um, there's big <laughs> news afoot in the world. How could we miss this? It's How been everywhere. We, I know, it has been everywhere. But uh, Queen Elizabeth missed the opening of Parliament uh, for only yes. the third time in her 70 years on the crown. She missed the other two times because she was so far along in two pregnancies. Uh, it was not considered her to be fit to be seen that Lori, do you think, far do you along think with child. Just because, I mean, I feel like, is it just because she's in a wheelchair maybe? Well, let's, all the morning shows had something on it because... Really, if there's one thing, you know, that you can say, Queen Elizabeth has been steady as a rock for 70 years. And earlier Rocking. in the month, um, Buckingham Palace let us know that she would no longer, she wouldn't be at least this year, which probably never again, but going to the garden parties, which um, are, she loves the garden party season. It's, she... she asked different royals to accompany her, and it's people... Random British people like teachers, artists, writers, engineers, but it's like right. you're standing for four or five hours and she's the host and she greets all these people, but she's really liked this. And so they told us earlier she would not be doing that. And also, by the way, she might be missing some Jubilee things and they hinted at Parliament. But here's a little audio recap from the Today Show. And then I have a question to ask you about, I wonder if this is what's going on. So let's listen to the audio first. This morning, instead of the Queen, it was Prince Charles and Prince William taking their ceremonial places inside Britain's Parliament. My lords, pray be seated. A ritual Her Majesty has only missed twice before due to pregnancy. The palace saying the Queen continues to experience episodic mobility problems and in consultation with her doctors has reluctantly decided that she will not attend. At Her Majesty's request, the Prince of Wales will read the Queen's speech. While royal sources point out the 96-year-old monarch is making calls from home this week, mobility issues have forced her to cut back on appearances. A service for Prince Philip in March, her only public appearance outside the home this year. The palace recently announcing she would not be attending the annual garden parties. 
having been to one of these garden parties myself, you literally stand up for hours. There's nowhere to sit down at all. And if you're you know, the guest of honour or if you're the host, as the Queen would be, that, I mean, that would be too much for somebody a fraction of her age. All this as preparations continue for the Queen's Platinum Jubilee next month. Officials have said decisions will be made day to day on which events the Queen attends. It will also be the first time the royal family is all together since Harry and Meghan stepped down from royal duties and moved to the U.S. two years ago. Well, the last time we saw Harry and Meghan with all the royal family, you could see the frostiness in the air. It was very tense. So I think if we see them at the service of Thanksgiving at St. Paul's, which I think we will, you know, that will be quite a moment to see them reunited with the Queen, with other senior royals. And I think there'll be a hope that perhaps, you know, there might be some olive branches going each way. Oh, that lady is so um, hopeful. That is not what the British <laughs> press are hoping for. They will be making up stories <laughs> right it. and left. And Brutal I think honesty. people are sick of them, though. Aren't we sick of all these stories? About no, like- no, Julia. <laughs> no, you can tell by going across the pond and looking at any of their stories. Hey. There's so much meat to be made out of this. But a couple of things. So, one, Buckingham Palace. How wheelchair accessible is Buckingham Palace? Probably 100%. not. 100%. It's probably that's not. What I was, that's what I was thinking. Like, you know, a lot of times, like, I'm even thinking of um, Teddy Roosevelt or, you know, some of our presidents, you know, he was in a wheelchair. So you mean, you they mean, would, uh, who's the other one? Yeah, Franklin. You know, Franklin. FDR. FDR. Yeah, FDR. Franklin Roosevelt. Was yeah. in the wheelchair and the, you would put him, you know, into places first. So when people came in, she's already there. Right. I suppose it's hard to get her out of there because she doesn't want to hang out for a while. She's 96. That's that's 40-something years older than me. I mean, yeah. I'm sitting here having a hard time working from a desk at home. <laughs> right. Much less walking in and my little Ferragamos. I know she doesn't wear those, but I mean, she has been a trooper. She has. And the one thing that she does not want to miss, and Buckingham Palace has made several comments about this in their notes to the press. She loves the trooping the color which yeah. is that will happen on the at the, on the jubilee and um i feel describe like for people what that is the jubilee the trooping the color no, the trooping of the color well that's when the different regimental units you know they they're in their their best dressed gear their best uh whatever their dress uniform is sure and you know so the marching in step and you know the swords in front of her and, and the balcony when she's on the balcony at buckingham palace i don't know if that's where the trooping of the color is okay. i feel like the balcony is just the wave to the people okay like the trooping the color might be something i can't remember if she pulls up in a carriage for that but um i feel like charles has been the regent king kind of I thought it was interesting in watching this that Prince William, you know, the woman that he supposedly was gardening in her bits, uh, Rose of Chumley, he had to walk behind Rose of Chumley's um, husband because that guy, his job is to carry the crown. Oh, I didn't. Oh, interesting. He, he's the um, David the Seventh Marquis of Chumley, and he's the hereditary Lord Great Chamberlain, which means the Marquis has the formal duty of holding the actual crown, which just sits on the fancy pillow and brings right. the crown into the chamber. He is the escort from the for the actual crown, and William had to walk behind Rose of Chumley's husband. 
the lady whose garden he was gardening in. And as he was walking, I could see the outline of his royal uh, half scepter in his pants. I'm sorry. Clearly there's something demented and wrong with you. Julia, the I see with the I see. (laughs) Go look at the photos. Of I, William honestly, right behind. He he was so telegraphing funny. to the ladies of England so that he too has a scepter. You watch it and he's got his hands. He's trying to hide it, but there's no use oh, you are hiding it. Crazy. All right, I'm going to go look at it. All right, look at I it. So anyway, then the other kind of cute story is that Queen Elizabeth, this was his Mary Claire. Um, we know the Queen as Her Royal Highness, Ma'am, Her Majesty, QE2, even Lilibet. But at one time, all thanks to a little boy named Prince William who couldn't say Granny and called her Gary. Okay, that's funny. Mm-hmm. That's I've never heard that someone calling their grandma Gary. A uh, Gary, a <laughs> guest. Uh, it, it's what happened. He, uh, the little boy, little William, was playing at Buckingham Palace. As one does, he tripped and called out for his grandmother, but he didn't say Granny. He yelled Gary, and everyone started oh. looking around for the nearest Gary. And the Queen deadpanned, "I'm Gary." He hasn't learned to say Granny yet. Okay, that is so cute. That is very cute. So that's to cleanse, you know, my dirty mind story to tell you that. Thank you, Lori. <laughs> Thank that you was for nice that. Of you okay. To, uh, give us a cleansing. Of okay. <laughs> then my other good juicy royal gossip, and this is both Paris match and Paris um, a match Belgium. And wow, you've really been reading uh, across the pond from afar. Okay. Julia, guess what? Prince Albert. What? Has of Monaco of Monaco has given his wife Princess Charlene a ultra confidential contract to make appearances with him, and he paid her twelve million dollars. Her sit out in South Africa last year sure. was for money. Oh, to go her. to these appearances. And not look like she's under, like she's being held hostage, (laughs) which has generally been her demeanor. And she was gone almost a year. And so all those. Something, Lori? um, They're all saying Prince Albert would himself pay this tidy sum to the princess so that she appears at his side at public events and would be contractually obliged to attend, like the Grand Prix. The Rose Charity Ball. There's about seven or eight things that uh, uh, they want her to appear at. And the Royal Palace refuses to discuss specific financial arrangements. But um, Prince Albert is a billionaire in his own right from all the thievery, you know, that the... uh, the the Grimaldi family... The House of Grimaldi ...has practiced for hundreds of years. Yes. And it's a tax haven, you know. So anyway, oh. yeah, so she, she, um, that she, that's, she's going to get he paid $12 million dollars a okay. year. Just to show up. Yeah. How many events do you think she has? Yeah, about six? eight, I think. It's about eight. Oh, good. way to go. If we could do the math, I can't. That's a lot of money per appearance. Yeah, it's, it's, it's meant to encourage her, but I think that it says it's more <laughs> than to encourage. I think 
by signing the paperwork to accept the money, she's now contractually obliged. She has to do it. Right? But that doesn't she's mean she that doesn't mean she's not going to keep working the Mia Farrow Rosemary baby help me look. Because that is what her hair is oh saying God. to us. Oh, it really is, Grant. It really it's is. It's so I Rosemary's mean, really baby, is. and okay. it's so <laughs> it's it's a woman in distress with that haircut. <laughs> She looked. She looks wan and weak and frail and unhappy. A half, ma- a half staff scepter today. We've talked about Rosemary's baby's haircut. Yeah, half staff scepter. The payout. Uh, yeah, you. You're on fire. I'm on a royal you roll. You miss me? I'm on, <laughs> and I'm a royal roll. Thank you. <laughs> I encourage people to look at Prince William's half chubby as he's okay. following. The Marquis of Chumley, who's escorting the crown, the very crown on its pillow. <laughs> oh, man. Who's wearing the crown? Prince Charles? It just Today? sits. It's, yeah, it. Um, it's it on her throne. Sits it sits on, on her throne. It sits on her throne yep. in her absence. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, oh, funny. yeah, but anytime that crown goes anywhere, the Marquis of Chumley, Rose of Hanbury, who's, you know, he's like 20 years older, she's the Rose. Of the turn up tops. This is the woman that Prince William had an affair with. You know, he has affairs all the time. Okay, stop now. Well, they do. This is what you do, Julia, when you, you know. When you're royal. When you're royal. I mean, I think Charles has been faithful to old Camilla now um, since his randier days are way past him. Way. You know. Yeah. So It always surprises me what he sounds like. So posh. I don't know why. So yeah, posh. We just never hear him talk. Yeah, yeah very, really, really very fancy. Time. Very, very uh-huh. fancy. All right, listen, when we come back, um, I know I'm behind on this one, but without a doubt, the best opening of a TV show maybe ever, ever in the history of television. Do you know what I'm talking about? Okay. All right. We'll, well be right no, back. but I watched a good new one. All right. All right. This All right. is the best opening of a TV show, and I think you already watched it because it came out in March. Oh. We'll discuss. Oh. All right. That is the Grassroots singing Live for Today, which is a cover of a British band's uh, song. And it's the opening for a TV show that everyone was watching in March. Uh, we were in Hawaii. I was reading, never signed on to Netflix accounts. Julia, do you remember the TV show? It has an epic opening to this song. I, I do. I, I'm trying to think of what it is. And it's, they're dancing. Yes, I, wait, don't tell me. Okay. It's, um, it's... Play um, the song again, because it really no, is... No, I know what it is. I know they're dancing, and I feel like it's the Japanese one. Pachinko. Yes. Yes. Yes, on Apple... It's on Apple on Plus. Apple you Plus. threw me off because you said Netflix, and yes. I'm like, no. No. That was on Apple Plus. Oh, it's amazing. It's, it's... I mean, honestly, Casey and I, you know, were... I was like, we got to watch this show, Pachinko, that everybody right. watched in, like, March, end of March, yes. beginning of April. And um, it's based on the novel by the same name. And I cannot... We have two more episodes left. There's just eight episodes. But I cannot believe how incredibly moving and amazing oh. this show is. And that act, that actress who plays the main character, the girl... She, Sanji. I don't know her name. Sanji. But- Sanji, I mean, Sunja. Well, I'm, about Sunja. I'm I'm foreign of Pachinko. So, yeah, I kind of got a little ADD in there. Oh my gosh, it's getting things. it's getting so good. And then in the fourth episode, 
we see a subway scene of a Japanese band busking in the subway doing a cover of In Between Days of, on The Cure. I mean, the music in this, the acting, the it's, writing, yeah. it's it's really, it's really, really incredible. It came out on Apple on March 25th, and yes. it has been renewed, and it is, I mean, for me, having lived in Japan, yes. you know, in the early 70s, um, like when they go in the pachinko parlor the first time, I mean, I just, my sister and I spent hours at, a, you know, pachinko parlor and the candy and the whole everything. And also, you know, I do remember, uh, you know, very bad feelings between the Japanese and the Koreans, the Koreans. even it- even on base, you know, with people yeah. who had Korean moms or Korean. It was usually the the mom was Korean or Japanese, but the lot very they have a terrible history uh, together. So it's just it's such a well that well was, done show. I- I'd like to read the book now. Yeah, I I think that's pretty fascinating, though, that people didn't know that the Japanese people went to live in Korea. Well, no, the Japanese invaded Korea. Or was it the other way around? No, the Japanese invaded Korea. They enslaved the people. They went to live there for an extended period of time. Yeah, they enslaved the women. (laughs) I watched this, like, so long ago. Yeah. No, 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 I I mean... You're not going to people here, you know, in the United States are not going to know about the Korean uh, Japanese. But it's always interesting, you know, through the eyes of a book or a TV to find out, you know, that there's there's just like there's so much of the world. Everyone has gone through hard times, the immigration, the immigrant story experience. And anyway, but I'm in I just am in heaven with the show and there's only two more episodes, but I, I, my gosh, I've really cried a lot watching this show, oh, but it, it, yes, but not it's moving, very moving, very, very moving, not in a depressing way. No, no, but it's just, I think the acting is, is out of this world. You know what I started? I have to go back to that. Yes. Go back to Pachinko. I, I quit it. And I watched, you know, some other shows, but the, uh, the thing I just started Today, I love you for that on Showtime with Vanessa Byer, Molly Shannon, and Jennifer Lewis. I have like three of these on my DVR. I it's haven't watched so them. so good. Is it? It's about a young girl who, um, you know, gets cancer. This is all in the first two minutes. Has cancer as a, as a kid and is obsessed with the shop, Home Shopping Network and aspires to be a home shopping network presenter, which yes. I think I think we would have been great at, Lori. I don't know how we let that pass us by. Well, we did do but, a little presenting with Pat and Kara Levin and Diane um, when we would we be did. on their morning Diana show. Diana Pierce and Pat Evans, mm-hmm. we did. But, I mean, this this it's so good, and Molly Shannon is so good. I That's the book I want to read next. Um, and so is Vanessa Bayer. You'll recognize her. She's oh, yeah, from SNL. SNL. I, yeah. I saw her when she was doing interviews promoting the show, which is, it's, I'm sure, how I de- ended DVRing it. Yes, and I heard Jason, Alexis, and Don talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, for some reason, when you work from home, you get up a lot easier earlier and go to bed a lot earlier. Yeah. Because you're so bored at the end of the day, you just want to go to bed. Right. <laughs> so, so I'm catching their show a lot more. And they were talking about it. And it's so, it's just, 
yummy. Every yeah. character in it is fabulous. It's everything you'd expect from all the different characters on Home Shopping Network. And just seeing behind the scenes, it's really kind and of And it's fun called I Love You For That. I Love You For That on Showtime. Yeah. It's really good. I hate They're that. only half an hour episode. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. Like I said, I think that just dropped like maybe three weeks ago because I was like, well, what is what is this that I have taped? You'll like it, Lori. Yeah. You'll like it. I don't know about Casey. Actually, it's kind of funny, but I don't know full-time for Casey because no. I know he likes to drop out. Yeah. Um, I would just enjoy it yourself. Um, and, and the other show that I haven't gone back to it, but I watched two episodes is that Under the Banner of Heaven with Andrew Garfield it's it's more than just a crime story, and I am very intrigued to start Candy, which is doing like a five-night Monday yes. through Friday, and I saw Jessica Beale on Jimmy Kimmel. So did I. And she knows how to produce a show. And when Jimmy said that he watched the show with Dread, because it's a true crime story, and we know yes. at the very beginning what happens, right? I just thought that was kind of the... I thought with the sinner that uh, she optioned that she started in that first season. Um, she kind of was a pioneer of the women doing. It yeah, I think the so. Came out quite six or seven years ago. I feel like the first. Yeah. One, before a lot of other women got into really producing, because she had a couple seasons of the sinner under her belt. Yes. And you know the roles had dried up for her, and she's still young, but she just really wanted to do her own stuff. I I respect her a lot. Yeah. So I want to like watch her. Candy on Hulu, and yes. um, I looked at the red carpet uh, photos of she and Justin Timberlake, and for once he did not try to block her on her red carpet. Usually. He is look at me, look at me. Sure. I mean, he's very, he wants to always elbow her and let her know he's the superstar, but he's had, he's been taken down a few pegs and now yes, he, he has. now he realizes that, you know, maybe he should uh, realize how lucky he is with uh, oh, Jessica Biel that she's so crazy about him because he did not and- try and steal her thunder. And no, he, he has on everything. Every red carpet they've ever done for anything, he... Everybody gets an opportunity to grow up, Lori, and uh, change. All right. Well, there you go. <laughs> He's maybe done it. I know. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Lori and Julia, my time.